Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us for another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast, where, as you know, we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. I just so appreciate you. I appreciate that you are someone who cares about an enlightened world, that cares about living a conscious life, and that you want to spend your time with me and all of my fabulous guests. So thank you for being here again today. I'm excited to bring someone to the show today who who I really admire and who I get to spend a fair amount of time with, Lee Andron and I enjoy uh, the same church community, spiritual community at Unity on the River in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Lee is the spiritual coordinator at Unity on the River, and he's also an early internet and mobile, uh, mobile internet pioneer, a UX guru, and also the dad of two. He's got some fascinating stories about his work in technology technology, published a, a co-publisher of a book in technology, and he's also a deeply spiritual guy who runs a daily clubhouse uh, conversation uh, from both A Course in Miracles and now A Course in Love. So Lee, I'm so thrilled to feature you on the show today. Do you mind just spending a little, a few minutes telling our listeners a little bit more about you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I, uh, I'm going to focus on the spiritual side. I think that that as a Foundation for life is certainly something that I've sought most of my life, worked towards, and really tried to find a way to help others uh, develop their spiritual life as well. So I started out in 12-step groups, uh, my teen years, my early 20s, and I went there with my parents. Uh, my parents were pretty fundamental in my spiritual growth as well. I've been working with my dad almost every morning for about seven years straight. And about... Early 2021 or so, uh, I was messing around in some of the new audio social media groups. There's several of them. Twitter has a space and LinkedIn has a space, but they all followed this app called Clubhouse that started an early space where people could go and gather in a virtual room and talk to each other. And as I went to some of these Clubhouse rooms, I thought this might be a great place for a Course in Miracles group. I had led a Course in Miracles group for about 10 years at that point, and uh, it met every week on Thursday, but Clubhouse made it really easy to meet every single day, and I was up with my dad talking anyway, so I thought, let's get online and we'll read A Course in Miracles. So I got on, we read one day, and we read another day, another day, another day, and then officially on July 4th, we started reading, and we haven't missed a day since. Today was 690 days in a row. There were 137 people in the room, and we went for about two and a half, almost three hours, two, two hours and 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Every day is about two to three hours long, and we start out by reading something from either A Course of Miracles or now we moved on to A Course of Love. I really think that A Course of Love is written by the same author that wrote A Course in Miracles, and I believe that's Jesus Christ. 
he identifies himself here. And it really is the same tone, the same voice, the same type of instruction. A Course in Miracles is a very psychologically heady kind of course that teaches you how to train your brain into thinking a certain way and to realizing you're not just your ego, you're not just your body. There's a spark inside of you of life. And that spark of life, your soul, that's that's connected to God in a really meaningful way that you can access. And so this course, Course in Miracles and A Course of Love, they both help you develop a way to get this awakening. And if one of them doesn't work, there's a good chance the other one will. One of them is really focused in the head and the other one's focused in the heart, the mind, and in knowing and trusting your gut. It's a deeper sense of knowingness. And for that, that clicks for a lot of people, especially in kind of the, 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 the female range. It, it really clicks a lot more. And I think if you want to think of a divine feminine kind of approach, this course of love might be a divine feminine approach to A Course in Miracles. That feels more like a masculine, heady, push your way through it kind of way. This is more of a relaxed receiving and it's time to stop learning and struggling and get back into a knowingness. We we tap into that deep sense of oneness that we all have. Wow. I am so fascinated with your journey, Lee, and you know, particularly your decision to make a commitment to a daily public practice. Uh, you know, of of you know, being on a social media platform. Uh, reading and studying A Course in Miracles and now A Course in Love, 600 and how many days? 90. Six, so almost 700 days. I, I mean, what led you to that kind of a commitment? Were you intimidated at all by it? Were you worried at all about making that kind of a commitment? So, you know, just just walk us through that. What what would what had you make that kind of a public spiritual practice commitment. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a surprise at all. <laughs> but you, you only go to these kinds of degrees of searching if you really feel like you have to. And um, I, I was involved in the breakup of a relationship that uh, I didn't really feel was my fault and I got mistreated and I was searching for a way to understand how that could be fair in life. And uh And I think I found it. I, I found it. The answer is, you know, if if I can reply with love to any given situation, then there's no situation I can't transform or allow God to transform uh, through me. Um, it's it's really it's not not me doing it. So I'm not intimidated by it because I know I'm not in control. I I'm not the higher power. I'm just allowing the higher power to work through me. And the cleaner I get on my side, the easier it is to let God work through me. And so I, I didn't feel intimidated to try and do 690 days because I, I didn't set out to do 690 days. Right. I set out to do today. And I, I started my day with a spiritual uh, practice because the last five years, every single day, I started my day with a spiritual practice. And I just took it into a platform that means I make a little appointment and I show up. And I welcome people in and I read to people and I usually forget to market it and I forget to tell people about it. And that's why I've been doing it 690 days. And I'm just talking about it now because I, <laughs> I, I it's not my goal to necessarily proselytize just to make it available. And it's public and they're all recorded. So you can go listen to any of them. I've got 500 days worth of A Course in Miracles reading. We read through the Circle of Atonement version, which is the biggest one. It's 
1946 pages long and one day at a time you get through it and it was an amazing thing 2022 was reading through a a, a course lesson per day we read through a course of miracles workbook for dummies and i had the author of that book there i had an enlightened guest that came i had my father there and i was there we had another dozen people that would come on a regular basis to contribute and that group has continued to grow and yeah, every day how people we have... heard about it how did it grow well we we talked about it on um uh, uh, on Facebook and a couple of other okay. places like that, but only online. Uh, really, it, it started in 2021. So we're at the tail end of COVID, uh, everything being locked down and, and everybody's used to Zooming at that point. And so we were we kind of rode on that a little bit. And it's it's not a huge group. Sometimes it's only 50 people. In fact, most days it's about 50 people. This morning was a, a little bit of an outlier. Huh. And that just kind of random, no particular reason why it was a larger group today. Well, it's funny you should ask. So uh, on Clubhouse, there's a lot of different houses and different kinds of things to to participate in. On Mondays, we participate in the Global Autism Group because there's a, a, a large group of people, um, uh, neurodivergent people that, that can benefit from some of these kinds of learnings. And on Thursdays this morning, we're in the Sustainability Leadership Group. And there's a lot of people who do sustainability uh, buildings and things like that. My dad's an architect who's done solar for a long time. And that's something that's close to our heart, taking care of the earth, takes care of us and takes care of the planet and takes care of, you know, helping God help us. So it's all kind of melds together. And this helps spread the word too. Wow. That is so, so great. So you said you've had, you know, five years before this had already had a spiritual practice. So can you talk to us a little bit, Lee, about your understanding of a daily spiritual practice and how that enhances or is a cornerstone of living life consciously? Yes, I think I can. I, um, I think the fundamental for me is, uh, prayer and then meditation after the prayer, the listening part. And so it's it's great. I can come with whatever expectations I have of something that I want, but whatever I ask for, if I'm asking for it through God, then I can't be attached to my own judgment of what I think the best outcome is gonna be. I gotta put it in his hands and then I need to stop and listen. And, and that was really one of the key things for me. I, I did a lot of praying growing up but I didn't stop and listen for the answers, the guidance. And uh, it turns out listening in really particular ways for me has been really effective. I have three different ways that miracles kind of come about, or I recognize what's going to happen. Sometimes ideas arrive as a fully formed thought, and I get this tingly feeling, and I know this is what I'm supposed to do. It's a it's a solution to a problem in, around me where, where I can set up that it's a win for me and a win for the other person, you know, win-win situation is a, is a relatively easy thing. Sometimes it's a little bit more of an evolution. It's not a, it's never a, a, a whisper in my ear, but um, I've gotten a sense of a, a feeling of stirring of emotion when situations come about that are going to bring a solution. And so l- listening takes a whole bunch of different forms. Also, uh, I've stood in front of the computer and typed, I am here, and then just stood there and waited and typed out what came out. And that also has led to some really good revelations. So there's a variety of ways listening to the feedback, but I think that we do a lot of talking and maybe not enough listening. Or at least that, that's what worked for me. Beautiful. And I, I, I know this might sound like a silly question, but 690 days, have you not been sick in 690 days? 
I had laryngitis last week. Um, okay. So, so what do you do when you have, you know, some kind of that kind of a challenge? I show up and I make the room and I can type in the back channel and I have mighty companions that come along with me. And so they, they'll read. So I, I did do many days where I was the only reader, but now I've got five or six people show up every day for us to pass around and read a paragraph each. And mm-hmm. then we can talk about it. We take, we take plenty of time to really talk about it and delve deep into the subject matter to really understand it and apply it in a way. Uh, we also have several psychologists that show up and, and give us kind of a psychological viewpoint of how you might approach this and how you might apply it as well. Nice, nice. This is an unfair question, so I apologize in advance. (laughs) Can you give us a little synopsis of first A Course in Miracles? And then I'm going to ask the same thing about A Course in Love. And and I really get that it's a, you know, an enormous task and maybe an unfair question, but some of our listeners perhaps haven't been exposed to A Course in Miracles and A Course in Love. So can you talk about the message of each of them a little bit? I sure can. Absolutely. A Course in Miracles was written by a lady named Helen Shookman. She was a professor at Columbia University, and she was fighting with a guy named Bill Thetford that she worked with. And Bill was her boss, and they had fought like cats and dogs for about 10 years. Until finally Bill said, there must be a better way. And Helen said, I will help you find it in a loving and caring way. Hmm. She started to hear a voice. The voice inside of her head said, this is A Course in Miracles. Take notes. And this is the end of the 60s. She took shorthand and she was off Hmm. the races. For seven years, she heard the interdictation and Bill typed out her shorthand notes. They edited it, and it was published in 1972, 1975, depending on how you look at it. But that book has been read by thousands and thousands of people and picked up by uh, authors like Marianne Williamson and really described in ways, as well as taken into the Unity Churches as a, as a spiritual uh, book yeah. for us to rely on. Yeah. Um, so with that legitimacy, more people leaning into it, it has really developed a following. Yeah. Uh, the course is made up of three different books. There's a main text, there are 365 lessons, and then there's a workbook for teachers, which is only about 90 pages. And that's the easy way in. There's something about a cheat sheet in the back of the book that makes it really easy to unlock the rest of it. It's in nice, plain English, but it gives you the concepts that help you understand that we're talking, you know, what we're talking about. We're talking about a disconnection from your ego life and a decision to look at life differently. Nice. And the, the course itself really delves into that deeply and it gives you all you really need, but it's really helpful to have this 365 lessons, a daily practice done, whether you believe it or not, every day produces results. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that just showing up for five or 10 minutes to read through one course done over a couple of years can produce tremendous results. It can Mm -hmm. produce a complete change of consciousness. It -hmm. can help you understand that this higher power is not just exists, but that this is something that permeates everything that's around us. We're, we're three-dimensional beings stuck in this weird fourth dimension of time that only moves in one direction. 
But scientists have told us that time doesn't really move in one direction. It's, it's an illusion that we should be able to go backwards and forwards easily on this. This fourth dimension, we're limited for some reason. A fifth dimensional being is beyond all this stuff, right? It's going to be beyond time. It's going to be omniscient in a way that we can't understand. And so this, let's, let's call it fifth dimension for now. We are a fifth dimensional creature shoved into a fourth dimensional uh, time zone in a third dimensional body. And so we, we can't exist as the true greatness that we are. If we're a wave in the ocean that's God, then the wave that's inside of us is that spark of life that we're hoping to get back in touch with because that Christ self responds from this higher place. And a shorthand way, the very shortest hand way that I can describe it is just the word love. It's responding with love. It's loving your neighbor as yourself. It's when you get slapped in the face, it's turning the other cheek to show that you're whole, that they didn't hurt you, that they did not diminish you in any way because this physical form is really inconsequential in the long run. The physical form is the illusion in the long run. What we see with our two eyes is the illusion, but what we see with our third eye is a non-dualistic version of this world. And it gets a little heady, but from a practical perspective, it means knowing that everything you've done is right. Every step you took, everything that seemed painful or happy needed to happen for you to get to this spot so that you could achieve this level of greatness. And you have already achieved greatness, even if it doesn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. So A Course in Miracles gets you to that possible point. But for some people, that's not quite enough. And, and, and it makes it doesn't really resonate with what's going on inside of them. And, and these feelings keep coming up. And, and your gut is still uncomfortable and it's not resolved. And so it can be really helpful to take it down into the body. And, and the Course in Love does that in more of a personal sense. And it talks about the first receiver, Marie Brown, the one who received this coursework, as likened to hearing a song for the first time. If I hear a song, I hear the song and it's beautiful. You hear the song, you hear the song and it's beautiful. It doesn't diminish the song at all for you to hear it later than I hear it. And so the point of this is that we can read Jesus's words. We don't have to go through an intermediary. And if you practice this little course day by day, it will teach you how to listen to the sound inside of you, how to know the answers. Ask a question, pray for something, and get an answer that makes sense for that specific prayer. It's, it's the hope of every religion, and it shows that every religion got it right to some degree. There's a path up the mountain with every single religion. This is just one that worked for me, but everybody has their own particular path here. And this can work to help you shortcut your path, whatever that happens to be. It's a really beautiful summary. I, I think for myself, when I was working with and 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 when I completed, I don't know that I ever completed, but as, as I've been working with A Course of Love, and I have now, now gone through the whole course, what it gave to me was this kind of ongoing experience of being in the presence of God, yes. um, an ongoing dialogue with the creative element of the universe uh rather than just my egoic yammering in my head 
Yeah. Uh, that was a tremendous shift in my consciousness. Yeah, it too is made up of three different volumes. There's the course, and then there are these treatises, these deep dives into four specific subjects, and then there's the dialogues. And the dialogues are really that. It's really a conversation that feels like a back and forth with the God inside of you, tapping into that and starting that conversation so that you start to get comfortable. It's like training wheels on a bicycle. Yeah. But once it's there, it clicks in and all of a sudden the whole world opens up. Yeah. It's just lovely to think about, you know, when you just said the whole world opens up, I just imagined for a moment, the whole world studying A Course in Miracles and A Course in Love. That would what, be lovely. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think, you know, maybe not even the whole world, let's say a 10th of the world or, you know, a, a third 100%. of the world. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What would happen? What's, what's your vision for that? I really believe that the returning of the Messiah is, is here and it's happening in a really specific way. Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher. That's what rabbi means. And he was kind of the epitome of the peaceful teacher. In every religion that mentions him, he comes along as a prophet talking about peace and love. And I think he's just come back to work through us. And it's not just these two books. There's a lot of spiritual books that can help you reach enlightenment. But getting to that enlightenment means getting to the piece where I realize I'm one with everybody. And when I realize I'm one with everybody, I'm not going to fight anybody. Right. That's when we stop fighting and we start really living. We start really generating all the abundance that needs to happen fixing all the problems that need to be fixed, working in sustainable ways. We're rapidly heading in that direction. And I know you can come up with a million reasons why it might go wrong, but God is straightening this out as though I was taking a 10,000 piece jigsaw puzzle, throwing it up in the air and it falls completely finished. And the picture's right there. It's that kind of miracle that's coming for us. Mm. And you can sit back and eat some popcorn and enjoy the trip, or you can worry that it's going to go wrong and focus on the bad part. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna-ish about this. It's not that you want to stick your head in the sand. You want to be a part of it because we all play a key part. My part just happened to be showing up and reading to some people but it leads to something else every day. My path isn't finished. I'll continue and I'll do more stuff. Just like yours, Jackie, your contributions here have been incredible and you're inspiring in the same kind of way that I am. And every single person listening to this has that same spark inside of them. Everybody has their voice. The seven of uh, Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, you, you know that he came back and he wrote The Eighth Habit? Mm -hmm. That's to help others find their voice. It's to find your own voice and then find a way to get that message out. Everybody comes up with their own silver bullet. They're all the hero of their story, and it helps to tell your story so that others can find their way through. I found through forgiveness the release of all of the love I always was searching for. Mm -hmm. And I looked for it outside of me, but it's right here inside. Yeah. You know, there's something else that's unique about what you're doing, Lee, not only the 690 days and doing it publicly and on social media, but the other thing I really love and admire about your walk and what you're doing is that you do this with your dad. 
Yeah. Can <laughs> it's you great. say a little bit about that and how that came to be and what, how that, you know, impacts your relationship with your dad? Sure, absolutely. So I was an only child growing up, and uh, dad was was fundamental. He was searching too. He was born an Orthodox Jew. He dabbled in Scientology for a little bit, but settled into a Christian church. We went, uh, and then we started in the twelve step groups together. And that's uh, again coming back to a single God, right? A higher power there. My dad led the Altine group that I was in, and so he was a sponsor there, and we kind of went neck and neck, learning the 12 steps, doing the 12 steps. The 12th step is a promise of an awakening as well. Having practiced these affairs, these uh, practices in all our affairs, for instance. And so that whole piece of the 12 steps is elevated in A Course in Miracles. I believe it's the same kind of Jungian psychology. It's the same kind of approach to living. And whereas the 12 steps is kind of like elementary school, you know, the fundamentals to kind of get through. And you can apply these 12 steps to almost anything. A Course in Miracles is 365 lessons with a, a, a Swiss army knife of tools for you to work with. And through all of this work, you really get to a point where you're clearing out, hopefully, a lot of the resentments and character defects and things that get in the way. And that's what growing up is all about. And so even becoming a father myself has helped me understand him better. And as I do these daily lessons, there's times when my kids are here and I'm getting ready for school and I take this on the road with me. So my dad fills in and he he talks about what's going on. We, we really hand off very well and we fight too. And then we share that with everybody and we all learn from it. Nice. And it's helped me with my mom too. Uh, and shortly before we started, I know I said I was an only child, but my sister found my father after 50 years of searching. Yeah, and so do you now, want to tell that story? And, and Yeah, Linda, my sister, was born in Vietnam. My, my dad was in Vietnam. And uh, there's a little video that we could link to as well where she meets him for the first time. But it's a really joyful reunion. Um, he had told me that I might have a brother out there somewhere. And it turns out it was a sister. And she's amazing. She's half Vietnamese and half my dad and lives down in Texas and is opening a nail salon that opens tomorrow, wow. uh, a soft launch tomorrow. So wow. she's, she's incredible though. I've learned a tremendous amount. And this is a great example of a course in miracles type miracle. It is a transformation of something that I thought was always this way. I'm an only child. I'm it's just me to now having a sibling and six nieces and nephews and wow. my dad's first great grandchild is on the way too how exciting how yeah. exciting the happy ending is that my sister gets my dad to walk her down the aisle at the end of the year she's getting married and she's always wanted him to be able to walk down the aisle so oh. it's a it's a happy ending it's that is just such a beautiful beautiful story and how did they become reunited um, the uh, DNA match and okay. uh, genealogy search uh, found out that the birth certificate had spelled his name incorrectly. And as soon as they got the words and space Ron, they got the space out of the way. It was a piece of cake to find. It took 30 minutes. Wow. And yeah. she found you guys or you guys found her? She worked with a, a genetic archaeologist yeah. who 
goes out and tries to find these things and solves these things. And we've, um, we're trying to help uh, this lady do a lot more of this because it was such a great thing in our life. I think a lot of other people could benefit from it as well. Beautiful. I love it. You know, Lee, thank you so much. Anything you want to leave people with, we're going to, in the uh, notes here, we'll have a link to, you have a website where people can get on to your daily, uh, your daily reading, right? So we'll, We'll link to that. And I want to share with people, there's also a free app that's a, a Course in Miracles or ACIM as it goes by, a Course in Miracles app. So you can actually have that right on your phone and do a, a lesson every day on your phone. I don't know if there's one for A Course in Love. There probably is. but Not yet, but there will not. be soon, I bet. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, you know, what would you like to leave people with as we as we wrap up here? Carve out 15 minutes a day just to start a daily practice. Anything that you start with can produce an immense change. Just a little bit every day makes a huge difference. It's so fundamental, right? Living a conscious life. Um, I I do like to say that is that, you know, 15 minutes of self-reflection or journaling or a gratitude list or spiritual reading, something every day. But also I do have to add to also make your life your spiritual practice. Truly, yes. Yes, that's where you end up for sure. But you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. (laughs) Yes, exactly right. And and starting at 6.30 a.m. with you and your clubhouse group is certainly a great way to do that. It's a good option for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much for what you're doing for the world, raising consciousness on the planet, bringing A Course in Miracles and A Course in Love to so many people in such deep and profound ways and creating the community of people around you that you have. I really... Uh, every time that I've joined, it's really lifted me up for the whole day. So thank you so much for that and for your friendship and, and for everything that you're doing for our church and the world. Truly my highest pleasure. You're so welcome. Thank you, Jackie. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.